What is up, you guys? This is Joe, and welcome to the Jesus Talks podcast. I'm so excited that you are here listening. Give me a follow if you want to. Give the podcast a listen if you want to. Everyone is family here. If you guys want to keep track of the podcast, updates on when the next posts are, and anything along those lines, you can follow me on Instagram at the Jesus Talks Podcast. If not, enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. You're back for episode two of the podcast. Feels kind of like a Netflix special where I have seasons and episodes. This is all still a crazy new thing. Nonetheless, if you're here for the first time, what's up? Hello. If you heard the last episode and and you're returning, what's up? Hello to you all the same. Glad to have you back. Glad to have you here in general. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. This first season, I think it's going to be mostly individual devos and individual topics and as I dive into season two three and four and whatever's beyond that and the podcast will start to do series but this is going to be very different per request of a whole lot of people this episode is going to be my testimony being told for all of you guys so my prayer going into that is that you guys can be encouraged and feel the love of Jesus through what he has done in my life, and even more so, I just pray that you guys can hear the real, raw, and transparent parts of my story that maybe, possibly, coincide with something that's happening in your life or can encourage you in an area or can inspire you in an area. Whatever the Lord wants to do with it, I know he will. He will do, as he always does, but I don't wanna waste too much time because it's a pretty lofty testimony. We're going to shoot for about 30 to 35 minutes, but we'll see where the Lord takes us. So let me get started by praying for all of us. It's something I didn't get to do last podcast, but I want to make a habit of doing just so we can always enter into time with Jesus in the right way by opening that relational, relational track by becoming intimate with him through what prayer is. So dear God, we thank you. We praise you. We pray that everything we do glorifies you. And God, we just ask you to have your way with this podcast, but even more so just with each and everything that appears and occurs in our life, God. I pray that everyone that enters and listens to this podcast, whether today, tomorrow, or a year from now, leaves changed. God, I pray that in your name. Amen. Sick. I don't want this to be too formal. Um... I think that testimonies are really important, but also, sorry, I was moving some stuff around, but also I think it's very important for us to tell it with our personality and tell it in a way that reflects how we feel about it. What I will say to preface my testimony is that it is definitely weighty and there will be some stuff in there that may be tough to hear, tough to listen to. That's okay. We all have a testimony for a reason. The reason it's called a testimony is because it's a testament to where we are now. Also, what I will say is my testimony is still going on as we speak. Every time I tell my testimony, it will be different because the Lord works every single hour of every single day. And that's a beautiful thing. I will also 
refrain from using anybody's name besides the uh, quote-unquote main characters of my testimony. I I won't use any names just to honor those who are a part of it and who don't want to be heard about on a platform. Obviously, we're going to honor everybody, but especially in that regard. But yes, so guys, I was born August 20th. 2001 here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'm recording this. I live, man, I am in a family of four. My dad, Jeff, my mom, Lisa, and I have a sister who's four years older than me. Her name is Nicole. To give you a little background on all of them, my dad was born in Mount Morris, New York, up near Buffalo, and he was raised Catholic but by the time he got to college, he was no longer a practicing Catholic, and he ended up just leaving the faith altogether. If he was ever in it, I'm not really 100% sure. But my dad is not a Christian. Uh, it's, it's definitely one of the whys for why I do ministry, and he's definitely one of my long-term mission fields, so I appreciate prayer in that always. But just to give you guys a little feel for what I'm coming from and what my household is like. My mom, on the other hand, was born here in North Carolina as well in a little town called Albemarle. She was very lukewarm, if you want to use the word lukewarm. I don't really believe personally in it. But she wasn't really practicing her faith. But as she grew older, because she had an amazing role model in her dad, which is my grandpa, Joe, he's who I'm named after, she uh, started finding the right path. So by the time her and my dad met, my mom knew that she wanted her kids to be raised in a Christian household and to be raised in church. So when we, my sister was born and then when I was born, we started attending Matthews United Methodist, which is a Methodist church in Charlotte. And we kind of went through the motions for a while. My sister was always a spiritual leader for me. She was three or four years older and she was just involved in everything, serving everywhere on the dance team, singing in the, in the church musicals. Uh, so yeah, she was all about serving and all about that. I think that's where I got a lot of my will to serve from was her. But for me, soccer was my thing. Soccer was my thing since I was a kid. I love soccer. It was really the first sport I was good at. And I just pursued it and pursued it and pursued it all the way through elementary school and into middle school. And we'll get into that later. But soccer was my thing growing up. So over time, there was a conflict where I would have soccer tournaments out of state and out of city on Sundays and I wouldn't be able to attend church. But really even when I did attend church, I didn't pay attention. Methodist church was very boring in my opinion in that time and I didn't get a whole lot out of it. So as far as Sunday mornings, I didn't pay attention at all. Now they had youth groups on Sunday nights that I would started going to as a middle schooler. Before middle school, you couldn't go. So really I just wasn't super involved and I didn't really care very much. Meanwhile, as I was growing up, my dad struggled with alcoholism. So that was something that was definitely putting a lot of stress on me and my family. Uh, he wasn't drinking every night, but the nights he would go out and drink, it was very traumatizing as a kid to hear him come home and to be fearful of if he's going to yell at me, if he's going to scream at me, if he's going to get physical, which he never did. My dad was never violent by any means, but it was just scary. And I just didn't like being around him because he'd say stupid stuff. And it just gave me a very bad taste in my mouth when it came to alcohol in general, which was in a way God protecting me. We'll fast forward a little bit. As I moved into middle school, I was definitely just completely soaked into the world of trying to fit in, trying to be popular. And I, my mind popularity was just doing what everybody else was doing and having everybody like you. I was a very big people pleaser. I craved validation and attention from others from a pretty young age, 
which led to me saying stupid stuff all the time, trying to be a goofball, a clown, trying to make people laugh at the expense of my own character and honor. But I still didn't really fit in in middle school. Um, I was very passionate about soccer, but I was also very passionate about musicals and theater and singing and stuff like that. So I got bullied a little bit here and there in middle school for that. But just as well, I, I bullied other people uh, to try to make people laugh. So I was in this weird mixer where I really, I wasn't a bully. I wasn't really getting bullied. I was a little bit, I was a little bit of everything. Um, and over time, I, I had select few friends that stuck with me, but I really wasn't a part of that popular group as much as I tried to be in it. Um, I wasn't. And that sucked. I still had soccer. Soccer was still my thing getting me through. And over time, I stopped really attending on Sunday mornings at Methodist Church for the most part just because I had soccer to do. And that gave my dad an excuse to not go either. Because like, even though he wasn't a Christian, he went because my mom wanted us all to go as a family. But over time, if he could be with me at soccer, he didn't have to go either. So we kind of stopped going. I was just mainly focused on soccer. I wanted to pursue it into college and into professional. So we get to my freshman year of high school and got really bullied in the eighth grade especially so I was really excited to go to high school and to just get a kind of a clean slate and I got to high school and that battle for validation and for trying to fit in I think got even worse I just wanted to do whatever was possible to uh, fit in and to just be heard and be seen that was when my struggle with lust and pornography really hit its peak I had been exposed to pornography probably in like sixth or seventh grade but I really started watching almost every day, maybe twice a day in like my freshman year. And I was just lusting all the time. But I was very shy as well and very awkward because I lived a lot of my life through my phone. Like I was one of those dudes that just had Snapchat and Kick and all those wonderful apps back in the day. And I would just do whatever I could to just get validated. And like I would hit on girls, flirt with girls, Snapchat girls, all that stuff. But I really had no game per se in, uh, in person. So I really avoided making mistakes with, with females physically not because I didn't want to, but just because I was too shy to do so, which I think was God's way of protecting me. And even though I really wasn't practicing out my faith, I still knew that drinking was wrong and drugs were wrong and smoking was wrong. Especially as an athlete, I knew that as well. So I never really did any of that in high school, never partied. I wanted to again, but I just, I wasn't really part of the popular crew. However, I did make the varsity soccer team in high school as a freshman. Cut kind of sorry i was about to like yawn and cough at the same time kind of they let me practice with the varsity team and hang out with the varsity team but i played my games with the jv team so it put me in this weird dynamic where the jv team who i actually played on i never got to practice with or be with at all so none of them knew me and i was just coming down from varsity to play games with them so i really had no relationship i was like in the middle i had no relationship with either team i got bullied a lot um in that time as well they really only were nice to me because i was good at soccer and like they respected me because of that. I know the coach told them they had to because of, because of my soccer. Um, it was odd. It was a very odd childhood. All the, all the while, still struggling with pornography and lust, cussing a lot, just saying a bunch of awful and inappropriate stuff at school to try to get laughs. And then at home, dealing with my dad being an alcoholic. He had a temper. I had a temper. I think it's funny because we learn that we are created by God but we are conditioned by the world we live in. And God created us to be one thing, but then the world conditions us to be something else. And you think because, like for me, for instance, I think because my dad was an alcoholic, I'm like, you know what? I'm never gonna drink because of that, because I know he's an alcoholic and I never wanna do that. Yet living in that household, I was almost conditioned to end up being that way because 
I learned that everything is filtered through anger. Everything is filtered through violence and emotions weren't really accepted. So over time, you'd think I'd be like, you know, I want to be extra emotional. But no, I learned that the only filter, the only healthy and safe filter for me in the house was anger as well. So I ended up being exactly like my dad for a lot of my childhood, a lot of high school. I was very short-tempered, very mean to people, very snappy. Um, I was a pretty intelligent kid, so I wasn't very patient either. Like if people didn't have answers for me immediately, I would just snap on them, you know. It was it was interesting, and I just felt I was I was an awful person to be honest. And we all have our struggles, you know. We all have our mess ups. We all have moments where we're like, man, I, I hate who I was at this point in my life. And Jesus loved me, and I didn't really know that yet. I had heard it, but I don't think I really understood His love. But I, I felt like I was in the worst position possible, and that was where the Lord began to work on me. And what I will say is, a lot of people, you know, they go to camp, they go on a mission trip, and they find Jesus and it just radically changes their life and they're never the same. I wasn't exactly that way. I did in fact get to go on a mission trip. My next door neighbor, Cameron, she had an extra spot and this whole thing worked out. Last second, I was able to go on this mission trip with her and her church to Jamaica. I had an incredible experience. I went in with the expectation that I was there to just help people and have a good time. But really they helped me twice as much as I ever could help them. And that was where I first experienced Jesus. I first experienced corporate worship that wasn't Methodist worship, like good, the, the, the Bethel and the Elevation and the Hillsong, like the hype worship songs, where everybody's on their knees crying and being expressive in the way they worship. And I'd never seen that before. But also I'd never seen kids do that because I was with a bunch of high schoolers that were passionate about their faith. And I wasn't saved on that trip. I definitely experienced Jesus. I definitely had an intimate moment with him where like I felt the spirit kind of sway in me maybe. So when I came back, I fell back into all the same temptations, the porn, all that stuff. But what did change was I started going to that church because um, that was the church that I went on the mission trip with. So I, I became friends with a lot of them and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start attending this church, which was my first step in the right direction. But all the while, like I said, now instead of me just living an awful life of being an awful person in all aspects, I was being an awful person at school, but I was being a good person at church. So I created this double life dynamic to where the people on the mission trip only knew me from the mission trip and then after that. They didn't know about anything I said or did at school any in my life before that. So I could create myself to be who I wanted to be, this wonderful new Christian who's exploring Jesus, who's passionate about Jesus, who loves the Lord and is a leader, yet at school I'm still cussing at people, I'm still bullying people. I, I just, it, it didn't work. And that created this dynamic where even more so I, I just, people hated me and disliked me even more at school because now I wasn't just a mean person, but I was the mean person that pretended to be a good Christian on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, but then every other day I wasn't like that. So like they knew I was being fake. I, it was no longer me being real and mean, I was being fake and mean and, and they didn't like that. So high school became a real struggle. Soccer was still my only outlet in high school. I played high school soccer and I had a lot of good moments a lot of good moments in high school soccer, a lot of good moments in club soccer. Um, and don't get me wrong, I had a lot of friends in high school too. Like I had good people that were around me. I just, I never really felt like I fit in anywhere and that was by my own doing. So go back to this church. We'll focus in on this for a second because that's a pretty integral part of my growth. I started attending this church. I won't say its name, but it's in, it's in Charlotte. And I started attending this, it's a small Baptist church, not super small, but like a hundred youth probably like 800, 900 people in the congregation all together, one campus, one youth pastor, one pastor. It was, it was a cool place and I really started to meet people and make friends and I started to really get involved. I met 
um, some cool Christian people who I began to hang out with outside of school, but like I didn't have them at school, you know, so I could hang out with them on the weekends, but nothing else. I couldn't drive yet at this point. I was a little bit late on the driving thing. I didn't get my license till the end of sophomore year. So really I had to have, get rides to go to youth and get rides to go to church. My mom would let me, would drop me off and let me drive on my permit and then she'd stay in the car, you know, how I used to work. Um, and I was learning a little bit about Jesus. I really had no relationship with Jesus even still. Like I wasn't pursuing an intimate one-on-one relationship with him. I didn't read my Bible. I didn't pray. I just went to church and got hyped during worship. And then I had good moments. Like I don't want to make it sound like I didn't, but it was, it was a work in progress for sure. And this is where a big part of my testimony starts because I met a girl and I met this girl and she was at that church. I'm, so I had went to the church a couple times before the mission trip just to see what it was like. And I had seen her leading worship and singing and I got to meet her and I just remember being like, oh, that's a really attractive girl. And I came back from the mission trip and as I started getting involved in the church, I was like, hey, that isn't just an attractive girl. That's It's a girl with a really great heart. And for me, you know, I'd never dated anybody, but I never definitely had never Christian dated and I didn't know anything about Christian dating or what God says about relationships. So I was going in pretty blind. All I knew is that I liked this girl, but all my relationships beforehand had been like through a phone, you know, it had been through Snapchat and texting and saying all these things, but like never actually backing it up and just hardly ever talking to your girlfriend in person, but just like talking a big game on, on over the phone. Like, like I said, it created me to be really awkward. And so this is a whole new experience for me, but for honestly, for a while, like I was going to that church extra just to like be around her because she did all these amazing things at the church and she was serving in all these capacities. So I was able to just, you know, start a friendship with her. I literally like commented on her Instagram post and that's how we started our friendship. I think she was very weary of who I was because although they had just met me that year, like there had been some people at that church who knew who I was and like they were worried about me just because I was a new Christian, but even more so, like they didn't know if I even was a Christian. They, they knew all the stuff I did at school, kind of a little bit. They'd heard some stories. So she didn't just be like, oh, you like me, I like you, you know. It took a while. And I told her I liked her pretty fast just because I, I, that's what I thought. But, you know, she had never had a boyfriend either. So it was a whole new thing. And I just pursued that for a really long time. Not biblical pursuit by any means, because I didn't even know what that looked like. But I liked her for a long period of time and didn't stop liking her. That's like the best way to put it. And I, I kept trying to talk to her and texted her all the time and hang out with her. And eventually we ended up dating. At the same time, I was growing at that church. I started to serve a little bit here and there. I became good friends with the youth pastor and started to help him out here and there. And we went to summer camp. And at summer camp, I met my best friend. His name was Jonathan. And we're still friends, so that's really cool. But he was a senior and I was like a sophomore. So he's a lot older than me and he loved worship music and he listened to it in his car and he just was passionate about the Bible and his faith. And I never had a friend like that, you know, a friend that's gonna try to encourage me to follow Jesus and encourage me to do all these amazing things for the Lord. So we clicked immediately at camp. We like met the first day and just became friends immediately and just never stopped. We hung out the whole week and then even after camp, we just got tight. And that was like, at the same exact time that it, like that camp was when me and the girl like finally decided, hey, like we may actually start dating. Like my wait was over because I knew she'd like me, but I just knew she was cautious. So when I got back home, me and that dude became best friends. Me and her kind of started dating. Everything started going perfectly, you know. And I continued on, finished sophomore year that way. And I, that was when I started to really like get invested in college soccer. Um, and I wanted to play in college. I started touring, went to App State, toured all these places, started getting myself in front of coaches. So I was really focused on soccer, on church, on my relationship with her. 
And then um, my friends in school was really not something I was focused on at all. What I will say is we went, definitely went through some, to focus on the relationship for a little bit, we went through some rocky parts in the early part of our relationship. We dated for about two or three months and then I broke up with her. And I did that because I just wasn't ready to be in a relationship. I mean, I was, but I wasn't ready for like all the weight that would come with it, you know, and there was a lot. And like I said, they were very cautious of, of who I was before. So like their mom was extra, you know, extra protective and I just, it freaked me out and all this stuff. And honestly, I did her a disservice in that sense because I wasn't really ready to date. I just knew I liked her a lot and like, I loved her to death. Like I really did. And I just didn't know how to handle that relationship. So we kind of separated for a little bit and we broke up, but we didn't realize that then it would be a separation. So in that time, I started to figure myself out a little bit and I went to Jamaica again. And that time I really was coming in with a different perspective. It wasn't like a first time Christian. It was like, I'm a serve people. And I really learned about a lot about God. I actually opened my Bible for the first time. All the while I kept that really good friendship with my friend, Jonathan. So we got tight. I started listening to Elevation Worship. I started really pursuing Jesus. And come like May, I decided I was going to get baptized. And I got baptized in the Methodist church like a nine-month-year-old, but that wasn't my choice. I was just a sprinkling. But I decided baptism for the first time was going to be my choice. And the cool thing about the baptism was me like saying, hey, I'm already saved, which I really wasn't. But in my mind, at least I was saved. And it's like now I'm putting on the uh, jersey and joining a team and committing to play. No longer on the sideline. So I was baptized. It was an amazing moment. It was actually my baptism day. My ex-girlfriend, the one that I dated for three months, was there. And we kind of started talking again after that. And we realized that we had moved, you know, that we had both grown a lot. And she gave me another chance. So we ended up, we started dating again, which was a new, which was kind of a cool thing. We picked up really right where we left off. And it was just, it was awesome. We both had different perspectives on it. Um, and it went well for a good bit of time and I was still friends and we're getting into the beginning of junior year now. I'm giving you guys like a really choppy and just unfiltered. Like I don't want this to sound professional by any means because it's just me talking to you. I want it to be conversational. So it's my junior year and I decided that there was an internship opening opportunity at my church and it was, I was gonna need to be there in the mornings. So I looked into online school and I ended up leaving my high school to do online school so that I could work online while kind of serving at the church and interning at the church in the mornings instead of having to be at school all day, which is a decision I made because one, I really didn't like that school very much. I didn't have a lot of friends there Two, I was really invested in the church at the time. So I needed to, you know, put in work and I started doing that. And it was really cool, man. Cause my Jonathan was also in online college. Like we got to hang out every day and we just grew our relationship and grew our bond and then I also could invest a lot of time in my girlfriend at the time because, again, we rekindled our, our relationship and it went well. But also she was kind of online, too, and she had school off on Fridays and all this stuff. So like we got to spend a lot of time together. And this is where I started to fall back and acknowledge, again, the lust and the pornography in my life because I never really stopped lusting. I got away from pornography for a little bit, but like I said, I was still under the influence of it. It was just more hidden and lust really started to take over because the first time me and my girlfriend dated, like we never, really, nothing ever really happened. Like it was our first relationship. We had never, neither of us had ever had our first kiss, like all this stuff. So even in that three month period, we never even kissed. Like we literally just never happened. When we got back to the relationship, we eventually ended up having our first kiss. And then like, it just moved to a very physical relationship from there, 
which was led by me. And I had no understanding of spiritual leadership at the time. So I didn't know like that my job was to lead us away from temptation. I mean, I knew, but I just didn't apply it. And we both made some mistakes in that relationship physically in that time period, especially me. I was very just like manipulative, I think, in the way of like, once we started getting physical, that's all I wanted was just to be physical. And I thought it was love. I thought I was like, this is what people in relationships do. This is a way of showing love for each other. But really it was just like my lust burning through and turning something good into something bad, turning something that's supposed to be honoring to God into something that's dishonoring to God. So that became a lot of our relationship for a good bit of time. And I was just leading us down a road that was not great, but I really had never just had that much knowledge on it either. And I just wasn't prepared again. I really didn't know Jesus. And what I can keep hammering back is I had no intimate relationship with Jesus. So no matter what was happening, no matter how much I did for Jesus in this time period, I didn't know him and I didn't know his word. And it just caused a lot of problems. And my dad was still at the peak of his alcoholism. So that wasn't helping. And eventually it just, it came to a point where I had to be real with her. And I was like, you know what? I'm struggling with pornography right now. And then she ended up a couple weeks later addressing how like what we had been doing was wrong. And it like had this huge awkward change in our relationship and it sucked, but we kind of fought through it and we stopped, you know, being as physical as we had been. And we, I kind of stopped watching pornography and I started to get really invested in the church again. And I started leading worship there. I mean, I was still the youth ministry intern. So I was interning, I was leading worship it was all going perfect. And then I was growing my friendship with my with Jonathan as well. We were all homies. And it, it seemed to be falling back into place. I started to realize some of my sin and address some of my sin and kind of get past my sin, which was really cool for me um, to finally start doing that. I actually got a mentor who was the same guy that baptized me. So that was kind of a fun thing. And meanwhile, the student pastor who I was working for as an intern was mentoring me too. And high school soccer was going on. It was really awesome. I was enjoying myself a lot. I was playing really well. I was having a great season. I was making a lot of friends at the church as well. That was great. And then comes the Passion Conference 2019. And I go to Passion Conference with my church, which my girlfriend was a part of my church. She was there, her mom was there, a lot of my friends were there, Jonathan was there, we were all there. And on that trip, we had to have a tough conversation because she was realizing that she wanted to go and do missions for a while. So we would be apart from each other for a while. And it was something that we had not really addressed yet because she was a year older than me. She was gonna be going to college while I was still gonna have another year of high school. But instead of college, she chose to do missions. So at that, it was kind of an awkward couple of days and we weren't really around each other very much. So like one of the final days of passion, we ended up talking eventually and we were just like, hey, you know, this is, something we need to talk about, we need to address, you know, you're leaving and we have to figure that out. And we decided, you know, we would be committed to just seeing what God wants to do with it. And if he wants us to keep us together, he'll keep us together. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. So that was kind of our decision. And this was like the start of like the ending of our relationship. And then we ended up getting back home. A couple weeks went by. We talked about it again. She felt like the Lord really wanted her to be single in that time, which made sense and I understood because if you're going into a new season, especially missions, like clear your mind, you know? It's kind of that thing where everybody goes off to college and they're like, it's gonna be long distance, it's gonna be different. I have a lot left in my life. Let me enter this new season. And I was, I mean, I wasn't okay with it. Like it hurt, it sucked. Cried for a long time about it, but 
I understood and it made sense. And we, so she ended up breaking up with me at that point and we departed ways. It was, it wasn't awful. Her parents prayed over me. They were kind to me. I got to hug them and thank them for what they did. And it was good. I thought that was the end. It ended up not being the end of our relationship. We spent like maybe two or three days apart, broken up. And then we came back together and we started, that was, we never stopped talking. We started talking again, eventually convinced ourselves that that wasn't what we needed to do. We actually wanted to stay together, all this stuff. We started dating again and it was good for like another month. And then we broke up again. And this breakup was very important because it was just like, we, she finally acknowledged, I think, all of the physical and emotional mistakes that have been made in our relationship. And we realized, and she realized there was a lot of bitterness there and, and she broke up with me again. So we were broken up. And this is kind of where I went really downhill because after this breakup, I realized that I had found a lot of my identity in her. I found a lot of my identity in Jesus that was supposed to be in Jesus was in her completely. So when we broke up, I had nothing. I had no faith. Like I thought I did. So it was just all fake from that point on. Like all the realness in my faith was gone because I realized it had all been contingent on her. So I fell down a bad path. I started getting really depressed. And then coincidentally, I started talking to other girls. And the crazy thing was I was, still, I was still friends with her even after that. And like, I thought she was the one I was in love with. I mean, I did love her. I thought that was the one I was supposed to be with. But over time, uh, we just, it just got weird because I was broken and I was hurting and I made bad decisions. And I fell back into pornography and lust again. And me and her were friends and we ended up, I ended up ending it because I just didn't want to wait for her anymore. And I immediately moved on to another girl and then to another girl. And just, there was this period of like six or seven months where I just, I was making all these bad decisions. I wasn't honoring her. I wasn't honoring the relationship we had. I completely moved on too fast, didn't show her any love, any care. It was just completely dishonoring on my part. And I was depressed. I was ruled by pornography, by lust, X, Y, Z, you can count them off, everything. And I started dating somebody way too soon and that wasn't a relationship I was supposed to be in. And if I listened to God, I would never have gotten it in the first place, but I got in because I thought it was where I was supposed to be. And I ended up dating two more people before the end of senior year. All the while, I still wasn't healed from my first relationship. And it was a whole thing, you know? And I get to, I'm about to go to college and even before, probably like six or seven months before college, because COVID hit and like the end of my senior year was online. So I get to this point where, okay, I'm online now, still in high school. I really don't have that many friends anymore because I just burned every bridge possible. I went left that church I was at, went to Elevation, burned bridges at Elevation. And at this point, I was just happy it was quarantine because I didn't have to go outside or go anywhere. And that's where I started TikTok. I started TikTok from a place of brokenness. I got on TikTok because of a friend on social media and I realized that there was a Christian part of TikTok. So I was like, you know what? We're gonna try this again with new people. I started making Christian videos. I blew up pretty fast on TikTok. I started making all these friends on TikTok and it honestly saved me in a lot of ways. Jesus used these people on that platform to teach me so much and just to put people around me who really, really, really loved God. And I'll really focus in on this part of my testimony because this is where everything changed for me. So. Started investing in some friendships on TikTok, started talking to some people on there. And I got really close with Elijah Lamb and Colin Ellis and David Ladding. We have planned in like a day or two to go and to meet each other. So we went to Georgia and Georgia was where I was saved. Uh, it was a night on a parking deck and for the first time, David presented the gospel and 
talked about repentance and all this stuff. And for the first time I realized, I was like, hey, like, I'm not living for Jesus. I'm doing a lot of things for Jesus. I'm worshiping him. I'm talking about him. I'm posting about him on TikTok and on Instagram and all this stuff. But I don't have an intimate relationship with him. I'm not repenting of my sin. I don't truly understand his love. And I'm committing to doing that today. And that trip was life-changing and instrumental for me. I came back home with a complete new fire for the Lord. And I started really burning for him again. All the while, I met another guy. His name was Jalen, who you guys all know. And me and Jalen became friends right before I went to college. And we just became super tight, super fast. We went to Passion Conference together, had all these great experiences together. So it was kind of me and him. And we met each other broken because he met me at that time where I was super broken. And then to go and TikTok and all this stuff happens and I'm back on TikTok and I'm posting and I'm just loving life and everything's perfect and I'm, it's time to go to college. And I chose to go to Lee University uh, to study pastoral ministry. I thought I was gonna go play soccer there too, but when I got there, Jesus revealed to me that I wasn't supposed to be playing soccer at all. So I ended up just pursuing ministry there and I was given a great room, a great roommate and an even better sweet mate. His name was Jablaze and we just became tight as well. And I, I, just was, I was in college, I was on fire for Jesus. I had repented of all the sin of my high school years. I still had a lot of burned bridges and there was a lot of people who were hurt because of me and I broke a lot of people's trust and a lot of doubters, but I was finally pursuing Jesus for the first time in my entire life. And I finally knew him and I wanted to know him. I was leading Bible studies, I was leading worship, I was reading my Bible, I was doing big Bible studies on TikTok, on, in live on my campus. Uh, I was just in love madly, madly in love with Jesus. And it was a fire that burned all throughout my first semester of college. In college, I didn't have, I never had a girlfriend in, in that semester of college. I talked to a couple people. I thought a couple of different people were gonna be the one, but I realized that God had more refinement for me. And ends up, we're kind of falling to back where we are right now, but I leave my first semester of college and I come back to Charlotte and I realize like there's still a part of me that's just hurting and broken from my first relationship because we never found a restoration or a peace in that. And like, no matter what I do, I always felt like no matter how I change, no matter how I grow, no matter how much deeper relationship I gain with Christ, I'm always gonna have them just seeing me as the same person that hurt their daughter and that hurt them. And coincidentally enough, over that winter break, they ended up reaching out and I got to sit down with her and have an incredible restoration conversation. And that was Jesus really closing the door and being like, your past does not define you. That was one thing you were, you were sitting on, you were worrying about for all of your high school and college, and it's over. You found restoration, you're following me now, you don't have to worry about your past, you don't have to worry about what you've been through, you don't have to worry about all the mistakes you made. You've repented of that sin, you've asked me for forgiveness, now all you can do is move on and grow and pursue a newness that you can find in me. So that's what I started doing and I had a crazy season because it was winter break, like I said, and I was planning on going back to college, but God said, Joe, I want you to stay in Charlotte. And I was like, God, I love my school. I'm on fire for Jesus. I love everybody there. I wanna go back into my second semester, just killing it. And he was like, God was like, no, there's something for you in Charlotte. And we don't know what it is yet, but I want you to trust that there's something there. He's like, I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but just stay. I, I was just really obedient to Jesus in that moment because he just has never failed me in that regard. So I told my parents, I was like, I need to stay and switch to online. There's just something that God wants to do here. I don't know what it is, but I just, I need to be online. 
I just know I do. So I switched to online and about a month later, I saw and found the Elevation Internship. And I applied and it took forever and I got accepted eventually. And I realized I'm gonna be an intern at Elevation freaking church. The church that I started at, that I, that I, the church that like I attended off and on as a kid, the church that I had heard so much about, I loved their worship music. I had went there for a little while and just burned all these bridges and I thought I'd never go back and I was back. And it's an internship that was very exclusive kind of, not exclusive, sorry, very inclusive kind of thing where just all this stuff we get to learn and we get to grow in. And I was like, God, you made me stay and miss college for something I had no idea about. And this is what it is. And like, this is the most exciting time of my life. So in May of 2021, this year, I jumped into that internship and I had been interning for three months and I got out of the internship and I was just a completely new person. And that's where I am today to come full circle. I just finished the internship and now I'm looking at what's next in my life. I'll be staying online for college, at least for this coming semester. Um, God has had me applying at different churches and looking at different opportunities. I may go back to college. I may stay online for the rest of my life. No matter what, I want to continue getting my degree. But God may have me at elevation, may have me somewhere else. And we're just sitting in this waiting period now where it's like, I don't know what's next. I know it's going to be good and it's going to be honoring and glorifying to God. And that's all that matters to me. But I just wanted to kind of share all of that with you. You know, I gave you a little bit about myself in the first episode, but now I think I gave you guys a whole lot about myself in this episode. And you can hear some of my testimony. There's definitely parts I left out, not even intentionally. My testimony is just a lot and it could have been like three hours long. And I just wanted to make sure I hit everything. Uh, but I think I still forgot a lot. I'll try to fill in some stuff now that I may have missed. As far as my relationship with my dad, um, he is not does not drink as much anymore. He's still an alcoholic because you're always an alcoholic. You learn that in AA. Not that I've been to AA, but I just know that. So we still have that struggle. My dad doesn't follow Jesus and he's, he's an alcoholic, so there, that was a lot. But we, we have a good relationship, and I love him, and I pray for him every day, and I just know that he's going to come find Jesus immediately. I mean, eventually. My mom loves the Lord so much, and she's growing in her faith, and she's learning a lot, and I love that I have her. My sister ended up uh, walking away from her faith as she went to college, and she's no longer a Christian. So my dad and my sister are my big why. You know, They're, they're why I do it. They're the people I pray for. They're the ones that I know the Lord will work in. So if you're wondering, it's just me and my mom as Christians. Uh, and it's okay. I, I'm still in Charlotte. I'm at my house right now. I'm living here until I decide whether I'm going to move to another state to do ministry or go back to college in my dorm. We don't know. We'll see. Um, as far as the people I talked about, Jonathan, like I said, he was my best friend for a while. And then we fell off when I went off to college and we weren't friends for a while, but now we're, we're, we're pretty good friends again. He's working at Elevation. He's doing awesome. Jalen is still my best friend. He's, uh, he's having a, a good time. The Lord's teaching him a lot and refining him a lot in this season, and we're still tight. Uh, my ex-girlfriend, the one that I talked about, we had that restoration, obviously. Um, we're no longer friends or in communication or anything like that, but I think the Lord brought a lot of peace in that restoration and at least that we know we don't hate each other anymore we're not we're never gonna be best friends or anything like that but the lord the lord is working on that and is mending in that and i finally found peace in that and i've stopped being anxious and depressed and all that stuff over that topic which is really good and that's awesome and you know what what i like to hit the end of my testimony is a couple things the first i'll say is anybody that gets to listen to this that was a part of my testimony 
that was with me in my high school years when I was an a-hole or that was with me at the church that I left or at Elevation or any of this. I just want you to know that I love you and I freaking care about you so much. And if I ever said anything that hurt you or if I ever dishonored you or if I ever did anything that was just wrong and I never got to personally address it with you, just know that the Lord has done so much in my life since who I was as a 14-year-old freshman, Joe. And I'm just so thankful that he has. And I want you to know the Lord loves you too. And he has a plan for you and he cares about you deeply. And the second thing I would want to say is just a fair warning to you guys. And this is more relation, relationally based. It's okay if you mess up in a relationship. It's okay to fail. We are all human beings and we fail. We mess up. We're imperfect. That's why Jesus died for us. If we would have been perfect people, we wouldn't have needed his resurrection. We're imperfect people and you're never going to get relationships perfect. But what I will preach to you and I love to preach this because it's what I've learned is honor, honor, honor. No matter what happens in a relationship, whether you're dating them, whether you guys break up, whether you like each other, whether you're talking, whatever you want to call it, honor them. Honor them in the way you speak to them, the way you speak about them, the way you talk to other people, even the things you post on Instagram. Always be trying to protect their heart and honor them because I didn't do that well. And that caused a lot of damage for a lot of people. And it caused a lot of damage in almost all my relationships. So I preach to you now and I've learned this the hard, hard, hard way. Honor everyone. Everyone is deserving of honor. No matter what, Jesus tells us we are, we are called to honor. So just know the importance of that and know the importance even more of just chasing after Jesus. Don't just expect if you read your Bible and pray that he's going to come with you. You have to meet with him. You have to pursue him. You have to intimately get together with Jesus and be like, I want to come commune with you daily. I'm going to create time for you. I'm going to create a space for you. I'm going to set aside time that belongs to you. I'm a rest. I'm a rest in your presence. I'm gonna learn about you. Like it's a pursuit. If you put nothing into a relationship and you can't expect an outcome and it's the same way with Jesus, he loves us and he wants to have a relationship with us, but he also expects us to put in work in that regard. So just know that he wants that from you and it's your relationship with him is never going to be perfect. Just the same way your relationship with anybody will never be perfect, but he is a perfect God and he loves you perfectly. And if you try to model the way you love and the way you care after the way that he does it, I think you'll end up okay. Like I said, my testimony is continuous. And if you guys have any questions or you have more you want to hear and individual things, I'm always here. My DMs are always open. Feel free to hit me up. I'd love to talk more about any of that. But that is my testimony. And God took me from someone who was struggling with depression and was in counseling, pornography, lust. A guy that was ruining relationships was taking advantage of people, was a bully. Everything I possibly was bad, I was. And he's restored me in so many ways. And he's given me the ability to commit my life to ministry and to commit my life to following him and to loving him and to pastoring people. And the fact that I'm here where I am now is insane from where I came. And that's just a testament to Jesus's grace. And I hope you guys realize you can be the exact same way. There is nothing in your life that discounts you from the calling he has on your life. Nothing. If you look at Moses in Exodus 2, Moses kills a man and Jesus still lets Moses lead the Israelites out of Egypt. He literally murders someone and that didn't change his calling. Now, I'm not telling you to murder someone, but I'm saying there literally physically is nothing you can do to escape the love of Jesus. He loves you and he wants a relationship with you and he wants you to follow him and to serve him and to be with him and you can do that. That's something you can practically and tangibly do. And I pray that you do make that decision because he has so much for you.
and you have so much for him. He is so deserving of your love and of your praise. So all that to say, I'm thankful for you guys for listening and, and hearing a part of my story, a part of my life. It's not perfect. Obviously, I hope you're able to see that I'm very imperfect and messed up and I don't have it all figured out. I'm still figuring a lot of things out, but that's me. And I'm happy sharing all that with you because I can testify to the fact that who I was is no longer who I am. That is all because of Jesus Christ. Hey, I am so glad you listened to my episode. Thank you. I appreciate your support. I love you. Jesus loves you. I'm praying for you. If you need any specific prayer needs or anything else, you can always DM me at the Jesus Talks podcast on Instagram. Have a great day.